All right, guys, we're back with another episode. I'm your host, Ryan Greathouse. This is Just South Podcast, episode number 36. I'm recording this intro here outside, if you can probably tell, but I'm pretty sure y'all aren't too concerned about the background noise of Tweety Birds and the outdoors, so I think it's going to be good. But anywho, we got Rob Mershon on here today. He has a podcast of his own called Hunting Out Loud. You guys should go check him out. He's um, he's just a big-time deer hunter. He hunts up there in Kentucky and Ohio and places like that. Um, he really knows his stuff when it comes to really finding out about these deer, especially early season and trying to hunt velvet bucks. Um, I think that's really what he likes to get into the most. He really, really loves trying to get him a velvet buck and up there in kentucky and you know here in georgia you can do that it's um the season lands just right to where it's possible but it's finally here guys we can finally talk some deer turkey season is completely over with um nobody else i don't i don't (laughs) to my knowledge is turkey hunting anymore so now it's time to talk deer point our focus toward deer getting ready for september or october 1st whichever you know whenever your season may start now is the time to be getting ready and try to figure out what deer you're going to take and all that good stuff so hopefully got hopefully you guys will enjoy this episode i surely enjoyed it and i'm just fired up because this time i'm ready to i'm ready to get down with the deer talk and um, I'm ready to get out there and try to figure these deer out. So, you guys give it a listen. Hope y'all enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Strut South Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Greathouse. And... We just did, I just did an episode just a few days ago, actually, when y'all are hearing this, it'll only be like three or four days after you've heard that late, that latest one, episode 35, it was just me and I was talking about, you know, kind of how the season went, turkey season and all that. And, um, now that turkey season's over with, it's time to start getting ready for deer and there's actually a lot that you can do getting ready for deer season in between now and September. Um, but today we have Rob Mershon on here. What's up, Rob? What's going on, Ron? Just taking it easy, man. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and for everybody out there listening, Rob is um, he's just another big time. He's probably more, I would say you're more into deer hunting, Rob. It was that be a, would that be a fair guess? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's my passion. Yeah, and uh, me and Rob actually met through the um, the podcast world, um, and uh, I met him through the Anchor app, and we just kind of started talking, and we've talked back and forth here for probably a, going on a year now, maybe close to it, because. Uh, I think we you've got a, Rob's got a podcast. It's called Hunting Out Loud, and uh, I think we, you and I both, we kind of 
started the podcast at about the same time, pretty much. Yeah, you know, we did. I was looking on Facebook today, and uh, I seen it was, uh, I think, yesterday, or maybe it was this morning I was looking at it. That was a year anniversary uh, since I interviewed you for one of my first episodes. Uh, so. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was either yesterday. <laughs> Seriously, it was yesterday or today, because if you remember, I, I just shared uh, for my pick on that episode, I just shared uh, the Strut South TV hat. So uh, all that pap- popped up, you know, that episode popped up. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, that is. That's that's actually kind of it's kind of spooky. <laughs> it is <laughs> that uh, exactly almost pretty much to the day one year later we we're, we're back doing another podcast. <laughs> and well, you know, Ryan, and, and when I first started this, I'm still yeah, it's just a hobby to me. But as you do it, you know, you know how it is. But you was really the first person other than a friend that I that I'd interviewed. You know, someone that I knew. So. So I appreciate that, man. You kind of got me on track and uh, gave me a little confidence to ask other people that do YouTube shows and stuff, such like you guys do. Give me the confidence to ask those people to interview them, bring them on the show. So I appreciate that. I'll tell you. Oh heck yeah, man! No problem. I'm I'm glad I was able to get get on there with you. I'm glad we found each other and we're able to kind of interconnect, so to speak, I guess. And because uh, I, I was I was kind of the same way you were, you know. I was I really didn't. When I first started doing the podcast thing, I didn't have a clue, man, and I didn't. And (laughs) our listeners, I'm sure y'all can go back and listen to episode probably one through six, and you can probably kind of tell that I was out of my element. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, and I know you want to get on to deer hunting and talk stuff like that, but for me, when I first started, you know, I think I was doing like a lot of people do like you see throughout the hunting industry, whether it be YouTube or just their social media pages or way up in the, with the big dogs, you know, I was just wanting to tell people what they wanted to hear. Instead of being genuine, I was trying to do everything by the book. And now I'm just like, here I am. This is the way I am. And you either like me or you don't, you know, that's that's the only way to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I was, I, it's the same for me, man. It, it kind of, like I was, when I first started it, I was trying, like I thought I was being genuine and I was really trying to be, yeah. but I really wasn't, like it wasn't coming. You, I could tell when I'd go back and listen to myself, man, I, I knew I wasn't being genuine and it was very obvious. <laughs> and, uh, but it just comes with time, just like anything practice, practice makes you better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Um, but before we get into deer and, uh, we'll kind of, this will kind of, you know, get a, everybody can kind of get a feel of kind of what guy, what kind of guy you are. Um, we'll do our, we'll go ahead and get into our rapid fire Q and a, um, and you just give me the quickest, shortest answer you can give me. And, uh, we'll go ahead and get going with that. Um, all right. Favorite waffle house meal favorite waffle house meal now see it's supposed to be a, i would say just i don't know i don't ever eat waffle house to be honest with you oh well if you knew what happened to the waffle house up here you know why <laughs> well hey if i got a bad score or something like that i i, I don't blame you <laughs> <laughs> sorry about but that hey <laughs> but hey that's okay i mean 
Every, I think everybody knows Waffle House isn't supposed to be isn't supposed to be clean. <laughs> no, it's been a while. I mean, I used to eat, now. When, last time I ate a Waffle House, and this is no joke, I was in Mississippi, so uh, I, I don't even remember what I ate. But I remember eating there, and there's a story behind that. But I better keep it off your uh, off your show. <laughs> so anyway, sorry right. about that, Andrew. <laughs> That's okay. Um, one thing on your bucket list. Well. That'd be, uh, I'd have to say a moose hunt, to be honest with you. That's the first thing popped up. Awesome. awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, all right. Do you, now, this, this is a weird question, but I, I try to come up with as random questions as possible mm-hmm. for this. All right. Um, do you believe in aliens? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got two more. What animal? scares you the most what animal scares me the most it could be anything bug or four-legged animal eight-legged animal two doesn't matter i'd have to say just a grizzly bear i just i feel like get away with away from anything else but a grizzly bear if i was running one of those it'd be a grizzly bear yeah all right last one um if you had if you can only if you can only choose one and you had to choose between having scent control products or just hunting the wind with no scent control products, which would you do? <laughs> you listen to some of my episodes, you'll know exactly what I'll do. <laughs> I'm hunting the wind all day, baby. The, yes, listen, sir. the wind is free, and it's 100% foolproof. Fail safe. <laughs> <laughs> and you're never going wrong if you know what you're doing with the wind. And that's just the truth. I'm not trying to knock any products or anything. Oh, yeah. But that's just the way it is. <clears throat> yeah. I just, I felt like I was, I just came up with that one at, at random. I felt like that would be a good segue well, into, into actual deer hunting. So. Well, I'll tell you, Ryan, that you brought that question up and I'd be cool about it. But I'm glad you brought that up. I, if you care, you care if I talk about that just for one second about the wind. Oh no, go and, ahead, and man. Talk about whatever. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. You know, sometimes on my show, I'll get onto these products and, and this and that and stuff. And and the reason being is, as I know, a lot of these younger hunters are vulnerable, and they're naive, and and you know, you want to take every precaution you can. I'm no, I'm not knocking any products. Uh, whether it be scent crusher or scent sprays or whatever, you take every product, you know, every precaution you can to knock your wind down or your scent down. But, but you have to play the the wind. I mean, right. no matter what you use, use them products so they make you feel confident. But you know, I know the experienced hunters that promote that stuff. They know, but they forget to say, you know, this is what this actually does. But you still need to use the wind. We got to be teaching these younger hunters or or hunters that might not know any better, the proper way to go about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way I feel about it. I, man, I agree completely. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to knock any scent control no. company. Either. I mean, but I mean, I use a little scent control. I don't get, I don't get too, I'm not big in, in the scent control game. I don't, I mean, at, at the best, what I do is I'll take my clothes and I'll put them. I keep my, all my hunting stuff in a box mm-hmm. and I leave it on the back of my truck or I put it in my truck. And I mean, I don't, I'll spray down with some spray, but that's about the, 
the extent of my scent control. Um, I don't – now, I, I will tell you this. I do like, instead of going out and buying, like, a lot of scent stuff, I'll take my clothes and I'll put them in a box. And then I'll go out in my yard and I'll break off some pine limbs and I'll get some leaves off the ground and I'll put all of it in there with my stuff in my box. Yeah. And uh, I'd rather do that than go out and buy a, a bottle of spray or those uh, scent things. But, I mean, nothing wrong with those those things, but I would rather just not spend money. <laughs> well, and I guess what gets to me is and when it comes to deer hunting, and I'll tell you this time of the year, you know, when I'm interviewing someone for my show, when I'm talking to someone like yourself about turkey hunting, you're passionate about turkey hunting. I talked to Josh Hanshu, uh, out of West Virginia, and we was talking about collecting turkey calls, antique turkey calls, stuff like that, stuff that I didn't know nothing about. When we was talking about trapping with Nick Biggs and so-and-so and just things that I'm not, you know, real aware of or I don't know a lot about, I get a lot of joy out that out of that, you know, learning from those guys. But deer hunting, it seems like everybody in the world, <laughs> you know, has a little bit of success with deer hunting and everybody's a pro. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so much info out there. And for the new yeah. hunters coming up, I mean, I feel like they're like, what in the world's real and what's not? You know what I'm saying? Am I wrong about that? It's just the way I feel. Oh, no, no. I mean, I I think you're right. I mean, there's so much it- – it's it and and I agree with you. It's it's not so much in the turkey world. It's it's, but in the deer hunting world, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so much going on. Like you got you got this product over here and this thing over here, and then you got this. And I mean, there's just so many different mm-hmm. avenues you could go and to and basically not trying to knock any companies i know everybody's got to do their job and everybody's got jobs and they got to make money but basically there's so many different ways you could spend money you just got to really pay attention to what you want to do and how you want to hunt and try not to get influenced too much by you know somebody else well yeah i'm telling you just you know the hunting public podcast. I'm sure you've listened to those guys, and I feel oh, yeah. I feel like they do a good job promoting hunting. I like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I enjoy that. I've been killing bucks for 30 years now. I mean, I've seen it all, and you know I know what works and what doesn't work. Now here's here's my my deal. You know, now we're on to products. We've been talking about products and stuff. Now, Ryan, I'm sure you've been uh, approached to be pro staff for companies i have several times that's not that's not my thing Uh, but if i were to go that route i can pick and choose which products that i'm going to pro staff for right Mm -hmm. so when i see an experienced deer hunter that knows better choose a crap product just to save their pro staff for that product (laughs) that's where i have issues with people and then when i say something Man, Robbie, he's just a better man, you know. Well, that's not it. You just, yeah. you know, those people aggravate me because on one, on one side of their mouth, they're talking about how we need to uh, introduce people in into hunting, how the license sales is fall or, or 
have fallen all across the country. And now on the other hand, you're trying to sell them a $200 piece of crap bag and not tell them that this is what the bag does. But mind you, you need to also play the win, teach them a little bit, educate them on how to hunt so they can go out there and be successful. And I'm talking about the new hunters coming up that we're trying to introduce into the woods. We want them to be successful. And, uh, I mean, that's just what I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, well, I guess we'll get off of the product side of it. We'll start actually talking about the deer side of it. Um, now Rob, you're up, you're up there in Kentucky Mm -hmm. and I know there's probably a lot of people, me personally i know a lot of people that would be like man it's june like why are you worried about deer in june and uh, i mean i know a lot of people like it i mean but pretty much the the hunting world and if anybody's listening to this podcast you probably care enough to start getting prepared in june um and that's kind of what I want to talk about. What, I mean, t- can you speak on a little bit about preparing this early and getting ready and what are the benefits of, you know, going out, scouting, and doing all that stuff? What's the benefits of that, doing it so early? Well, Ryan, I'll tell you, for all of you all listening, I guarantee you all of you guys or ladies, whoever's listening, know a guy out there or, or whoever, a hunter, deer hunter, that's consistently successful. If you know I'm talking about killing good bucks year in and year out every season. And I guarantee you that hunter, and I'm not talking about guys that go on guided hunts and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a different story. I'm talking about people, you know, the everyday average outdoorsman that's consistently killing big bucks. He's locating those bucks well before season, you know, season, he doesn't start when season starts, you know, it's too late then. He has a plan. You know, most hunters uh, that are killing big mature bucks, if that's your thing, if it's not, that's great. doesn't matter. But you can use the same strategies and tactics for whatever size deer you want to kill. And uh, locating them well before season, that's the first trick. You know, that's the first thing you have to do. If you're not hunting an area where a buck that you, a buck of the caliber, you know, that you want to shoot, he's not there you're not gonna kill him (laughs) you know what i mean and right so let's if if you will i'll just use kentucky for an example you know here in kentucky our season opens up this year september 7th okay now for me i'm going to be hunting kentucky ohio and west virginia Uh, i'm a blue collar worker you know i work my 50 and 60 hours a week so for me to tag out in all three of these states you know, I have to locate these bucks well before season. Today, I went out, you know, well, first off, I put my minerals out, mineral sites out in late winter, you know, January, February, March. If you if you don't have them out, you can still get them out. So I, I put all those mineral sites out. Now, the, all these bucks have found them, and I put 12 out on several different farms, 12 different mineral sites out. So today I go and I hang cameras. Here it is, June what third or fourth? Third. I've hung cam- yep. I've hung cameras on all of those here in Kentucky, and we're just talking about Kentucky right this second. 
So out of those 12 different sites and all those farms, I would hope I at least have one, at least one shooter buck. You know what I mean? Yeah. More than likely, I'm going to have one. <laughs> and and what I'll do is here in July, I'll go back and I'll check all the all these cameras that I set today and I'll create my hit list from one to five if, if I'm so lucky to have that many shooters, you know, that I'm looking for that that I want to, you know, pursue so now in july i do that and now i'm ahead of the game and i can start putting my my plan together how i'm going to hunt this buck come september 7th i'll you know in september 7th when it comes in here in kentucky deer season they're still in their summer patterns uh you can get away with a lot more than what you're going to do in october or get away with in october and november they're just you know, how many times have you seen a buck in velvet and he'd just stand there and look at you? You know what I mean? I know around here right. that's the way it is. When they're in the summer patterns, they're just in a different, they, you know, they have a different mindset. And, and so for me, the first two weeks of September, I got to get that taken care of in Kentucky. And then I can move off to Ohio for the pre-rut. And then I'm going to hunt West Virginia during the rut. And I'll be locating those bucks well before season as well. So that's one benefit right there. You know, if you want to stay consistent, I guarantee you all the big buck hunters, you know, they're locating those bucks well before season. And that's how I do it. Some of them might do it by glassing, you know, fields or whatever it might be. But Yeah. Well, well, you can't. I mean, you might be able to do that up there some, like kind of where you are or Iowa or yeah. somewhere like that but you definitely can't do that down here where right. i'm at um i mean unless you're lucky enough to have a property that's got some pasture or got big enough pasture i would guess mm-hmm. but you really don't see many bucks down here hanging out on the edges of fields and pastures and stuff yeah they just they really really stay in the woods but um but yeah i'm i kind of i completely agree with that i i like that strategy um our season, I think, our season is going to open on September the fourteenth. Um, mm-hmm. I think ours. See, y'all's y'all's season always opens first weekend in September, right? First, first Saturday, I think, and then ours is the second every second Saturday of September. So, mm-hmm. um, still pretty much kind of the same timeline. Um, I kind of wish it was a little bit earlier because last year our last year our season opened on September the eighth, mm-hmm. so that was pretty nice. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my game plan as well. I want to, uh, which I haven't, I haven't been putting minerals out. Which we've got some. I've got a place with a buddy of mine. I mean, we've got some spots already set up with minerals on them, and mm-hmm. deer have been killing it. And uh, now, now we're about to uh, here soon. We're going to go and start putting out cameras and all that good stuff. Putting out some more minerals and getting ready, getting mm-hmm. a uh, getting a um, list together. Just seeing what we got, pretty much. Um, yeah, that's another thing I wanted to kind of talk about. I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a big. Which actually nowadays, I don't think it's as big of a problem now as it was maybe in the last five years. But 
there's this big thing about deer, like hunting deer for size over just hunting in general. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, people people might listen to us talk, and we're sitting here talking about we're already getting ready in June. And, mm-hmm. I mean, why would you not do that unless you wanted to kill a big deer? But then, on the other hand, we're sitting here saying – it doesn't matter. I mean, you don't have to kill a big deer, but I don't know. I mean, it's well, one of those, it's one of those touchy topics. And, but, but my thing is I don't necessarily do it. I mean, we can't, we can't fool ourselves. And I mean, you know, just as well as I do and everybody else knows too, but that, but yet they'll say, Oh, well you just hunting deer for the size. But I mean, well, of course we are. I think, I think everybody that hunts, I mean, you got a few people out there that truly do not care at all. They just want yeah. meat. That's fine. But, oh, yeah. And, uh, but then, but on the other, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, why would you not try to kill a bigger deer? Like, if you're doing all this work and putting in the preparation, of course, of course, we all want to kill a big deer that's like saying that's like saying if you're playing a football game you go out there and you're like no nah, i don't want to win i just want to go out there and play well like you know what i mean well i'll tell you this ron you you brought up football you know you're down south all y'all down south i know y'all's big football fans sec fans you know what i mean i'm sure Georgia oh, yeah. for you oh yeah you put that's it right. this way deer season is just it's such an individual thing really <laughs> And, and and when it comes to meat hunters, you, you have your QDMA guys, and it's got to a point where I said earlier, everyone enjoys a little bit some sort of ex- success deer hunting. Uh, but everyone's at a different level. You know, you take, the right. Georgia, you take the Georgia Bulldogs, they're world beaters. You put them in conference USA or whatever, they're undefeated all the time. Well, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Right. You, you take one of those teams, put them in SEC, they're getting smoked all year long. So it's hard to put deer hunters all in one, you know, pot, I guess, or whatever, one mold. We're all different. We're all hunting different areas. We're all in different situations. We're we're all, you know, some, some people's 15 in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 70s. You know, I have 30 years experience, you know, this kid next door is starting to hunt, you know, he can't expect to do the things that I'm doing and he shouldn't hold himself, you know, thinking he needs to shoot 150 inch deer because I have a house full of them, you know what I'm saying? And that's what it is. So hunt at your own pace. Uh, You down there in Georgia, I know you guys where you're at, I'm sure you have some good bucks, but you don't have the bucks that these guys in Ohio's hunting. Right. So, why do people think they have to compare themselves with someone that's just hunting in a better place? <laughs> yeah, I guess. exactly. And, and yeah. that's what's happening. Do you, you see where I'm going with that? I know I'm not the best putting things together, even though I have a podcast. Oh, but. no, no. I mean, that to me, that relates really well. I think the football and any, any kind of any, anything that you're playing to win, I think that, that, that relates really well. Like, think it, it makes a lot of sense to me anyway um but like you like you said i mean i mean of course i want to kill a, 
of course I want to kill a 180 inch deer, mm-hmm. but I know that that's probably not going to happen. I mean, it will, it can, but it's going to be a lot of luck. I have a lot more control over being able to shoot a 130 inch deer than well, I do 180. You know, you have no control <clears throat> over what you can shoot. Well, yeah. Until you create your hit list. And, you know, I just told you today I set 12 cameras out. You know, I've killed 170-inch deer. I've killed 160s, 150s. I set these cameras out. When I go back and check them, and if, if I only have a 140-inch deer, I'm going to shoot a 140-inch deer. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care who says, man, why would he shoot that? Because he shot 170s. Now, for me, I would like to try to shoot a four-and-a-half-year-old buck. You know, but... <laughs> You know, I've been hunting for 30 years for these things, so it's different. I I could yeah. care less if someone shoots whatever they shoot. Right. If it's a trophy to you, don't you dare for anyone out there that's deer hunting. Don't let no one suck the joy out of you. Yeah. You know, I see people talk all this bull and this big crap. You know, it, it's an individual thing. If you can't pat somebody on the back and congratulate them for whatever they are, whatever they've shot, then you're not a hunter because we got to We have to take care of hunting first. We have hunting first. I mean, we're just right. talking about the license sales down all throughout the country, you know. So we have to protect hunting first. That's the first thing we got to do, and we're not doing that by bickering all the time about who shoots what or what strategies they use or someone's throwing corn out, someone shoots a Hoyt, someone shoots shoots a Matthew. I mean, and when it comes to deer hunting, that's where I see it all. Because everyone feels like they know what's going on, and uh, yeah, and be honest with you, a lot of times I've been guilty for this. I just talk down <laughs> to people's level a lot of times, just because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings, even though I know they don't know what they're talking about a lot of times. <laughs> and I'm just when it comes to deer hunting, seriously, Ryan. Oh, I understand. Yeah, and and I'm just like you know, because everybody, it just seems like. There's so many people's like, I don't know if they want to be accepted or they feel they have to do certain things to be accepted by the deer hunt community. I mean, just let that go. It's time to let all that go. And, yeah. And just yeah. move on past now, that. Right. Well, I mean, I'll bring up something here and I might get bashed for this a little bit. Might actually lose yeah. a listener or two, but uh, That's all right. <laughs> I am going, I am going to throw some shade to, I'm not going, I mean, I'm not going to say who, but I have seen hunters. I, w- I will throw shade a little bit to some people like to me just it i mean it doesn't matter to me really it's just kind of like why would you do that you know like yeah i've seen hunters before that would you know one year they might shoot a deer five six year old deer and he'd be 130 inches and then the next year they shoot a spike yeah to me that i mean well i mean it's just like you said i mean we're not gonna bash anybody but to me, it's just like, you know, what? why would you do that? And, But it's not the fact that they did it. It's the fact that most of the time when somebody, the people that I know that have done that, they're like, they'll talk about, well, I only shoot big deer or I only shoot oh, deer yeah. this old. Okay. But then, yeah, they'll go and shoot a, a two-year-old deer that's only got four points on his head. Yeah. Well, you know, and I see that bullying and all that stuff all the time. And uh, a lot of times, you all, you just got to consider the source, where it's coming from. You know, guys like that are just blowing smoke. They're insecure. 
it's just deer hunting really when it comes down to it, it's just deer hunting it's just hunting a deer but everyone's know-it-all when it comes yeah. to deer hunting or it seems like everyone needs to be pro staff and that's fine but you know there's a lot of division because of all that yeah throughout the hunting industry like i said we got to take care of hunting first and uh so I, I think i think my thing is and and this kind of gets back to just taking care of hunting I think for me going out there and I mean, you can do this with any size buck. It doesn't matter how, I mean, especially depending on your area, like, like say you go down to Florida, for instance, if you can find a 120 inch deer in Florida. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing something. Yeah. And to me, it's not so much that, I want to shoot him and always big. And then I want to show him off. It's the fact that he's big, but he's also usually with bigger antlers means they're older. Yeah. For, for me, it's that, it's just that game that you play. It's that chess match you play and you try to figure that deer out. You go out there, you put the work in, you try to put your cameras out and find that deer or, you know, to me, that's what that's what matters more to me than how big a deer is. Yeah, that's like, what it should be. Yeah, to me, it's it's just fun to yeah. get out there and put your cameras out, and then you leave it there, and you go a few weeks later, and you like because you're really really excited mm-hmm. to check that camera. Oh yeah. So I mean, because you never know what's going to be on there, and for me, that's what that's what really makes me. That's really what gets me into it. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's it's everything from today until that tag is filled. Everything in between is what makes my hunt. You know, today, my longtime hunting buddy, Jerry Braden, went with me. We've been hunting together since we was 13, 14 years old. We got caught out in the middle of the field by a pissed off bull, and he was pissed off. And, uh, you know, I told Jerry, I think I can outrun you. and you know so whatever happens from today if i'm so lucky to fill my tag on a big old kentucky buck you know when i look at that deer that's what i'm going to think about is everything from getting chased by that bull today all that in between all the way up to filling my tag that's what hunting's about yeah it's not a competition and that's right it's a it seems like it's a big time competition between everyone anymore uh, yeah it don't have to be that way and you're only as good as the land you have to hunt like you said these guys in florida i guarantee you they a lot of these big time hunters down florida killing 120 inch bucks you know they could come right here and hunt where i hunt and kill the same same caliber bucks that i kill you know right if i go down there you know I've got big bucks, but I'm not going to kill a monster buck down there if it's not down there. So, you know, it's hard to say who's the best hunter. Who's, who oh, yeah. has the best land is the best hunter. That's just all it that's is. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, because now, and, and that's the thing you, you mentioned, you said something earlier about, you know, down here in Georgia, we, I mean, we've got big deer. We yeah. just don't. And, I mean, really, in my opinion, we actually have a lot of big deer. It's mm-hmm. just there's so much of a difference, especially like Ohio, maybe not so much Kentucky, 
Um, but like Ohio or Iowa, Missouri, there's just such a there's there's much more of a difference in the terrain up there versus down here, mm-hmm. and it just makes it harder to find the deer. Right. And but I think I mean I really think like we're I think we have, of course we don't have we don't have as just as many, but we I, I wouldn't be scared to say we're not far from having the same amount. Yeah of big deer like they do up in the Midwest. It's just, they're just really, really hard to find because there's not many places up in Iowa or Missouri where there's going to be 600 acres and it's all timber. Well, and that's just it. You know, right here where I hunt in Kentucky, there's not a whole lot of ag. If I get on a buck here in Kentucky, I'm pretty much hunting that specific buck, that one buck. I mean, that might be the only one I get on. If I have, three that I can hunt here in Kentucky that, you know, that I want to hunt, uh, I'm going to be lucky. Now, when I go just right across the river with all that, ag- oh crap. I had my phone on, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, but, I'm uh, here. Yeah. I turned my ringer off. But anyways, I go over there in Kentucky or in Ohio during the rut. I mean, it's a whole different world. I mean, several, several nice bucks and that's the difference is the ag because they're a one yeah. buck state we're a one buck state for the most part i think you can get some extra tags somehow but uh so that's it's like i said it's just you got to have the food man yeah yeah well see i think i think we have the food i mean of course we don't have ag down here like they like y'all do up there or, mm-hmm. or really like in ohio but i mean I would I would like to think that there's actually a pretty good amount of food just because there's so much thick cover. I mean, because there's, I, I can't remember, I can't remember who it was, but I was listening to, I was listening to the, uh, the jury's podcast, which I listen to those guys a lot. And yeah. um, Mark Drury was talking about, um, he always says that, and and he didn't come up with this. I mean, somebody told him this, and that's what he was saying. He was giving somebody credit for it. He was saying, um, you know, deer live at five feet and below. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you see a, if you got a big chunk of timber where you can see, you know, two three hundred yards through the woods, it's really not, it's really not where deer is wanting to be. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing for me. Like, I mean. There's some, really, there's, there's a lot of places down here where you can't even walk through the woods. Right. Like, and, and that's like, it's like deer heaven for, Mm -hmm. for a big old mature buck that's wanting to stay hid. And, um, I mean, I think there is a lot of food because I mean, I have seen some places that I'll take a deer. I hunted a deer several years ago. I mean, I've told you, I've told you about this deer and, some yeah. of our listeners they they know about this deer because I've talked about it before even last year and uh, that deer <clears throat> when he when he got shot somebody shot him on the property beside us and he scored 180 inches 181 and some change I think and um, I found that deer when he was I'm guessing he was maybe a three year old at the oldest he was probably four. Yeah. And I found I found sheds off of him and 
off of those sheds, he was a 140-inch deer. And um, so I found those sheds. I was like, all right, I'm going to put my stand here. I'm going to try to find this deer. I'm going to hunt him. Well, I hunted him, found him that year or the first year, got pictures of him. He was 160-inch deer. And then I never, I mean, I saw him actually in person, couldn't kill him. But then he ends up dying by the other, by the neighbors, and he was 180. So that deer grew, basically grew 20 inches every year. Oh, yeah. And and that, but that property that he was on and the property, I mean, because I think he was go, I think the first year I hunted him, I think he stayed on my property a lot. And uh, because those guys, the, the guy that shot him, he said he had never seen him before, you know, that year that he shot him. And, but I had talked to him and I was like, well, had y'all ever been feeding anything? Have y'all ever been doing any supplement feeding? He's like, no. He's like, we just started supplement feeding this year, you know? And uh, so that deer grew that much every year without any help, basically. So... <clears throat> Some, I mean, and of course, it's not like that across all of Georgia, but that's just an example of there are some big deer down here, and I think they can really jump a lot without any kind of extra food and just basically eat what they find in the timber. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, most of the bucks we have, like I said, here in Kentucky, it's just, you know, brush bucks, West Virginia, you know, there's big bucks killed in West Virginia and I don't think there's a whole lot of ag up in the mountains, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, you know, you, you gotta have the age. Really. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and that's pretty yeah. much what you're saying, you know? Uh, I mean, but, like, a, well, yeah, I mean, perfect example of that deer, like I, my, I mean, I don't know. Cause all I had to go off of was his rack was well one side of his antler but i and i haven't spoken to the guy that shot him since i don't know how old the deer was after when he shot him i'm sure he knows now but i haven't spoken to him since but i mean at best that deer was 140 or 140 inch deer so at best he was four years old then right and two years later he was 180. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. that goes to show you age really does make a difference. Yep. Fifth <clears> and <throat> the genetics, you know. Yeah. Be a freak like that. You know, I don't know if you heard, I talked to Josh Bernard. Is, he's, he's been North American Whitetail <laughs> Magazine, and uh, he, he had missed a buck, and it was he said it was around 145. And I don't know if it was – Two or three years later, he ended up killing that buck, and that's what put him in North America whitetail. <laughs> it ended up being a hundred ninety inch buck. I mean, he was going to mm. shoot it when it was one forty five. One forty five is a big buck, you know. But uh, you know, yeah. it, it got away and and lived a couple more years, two or three more years. I can't remember exactly, and it turned into a hundred ninety inch buck. I mean, it's just, but you know, it's just so different. Everyone's different, and not many people's going to pass up a hundred forty inch deer and when they slip through, that's what you get a lot of times, big 180, 170, or, or even 190 or better, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, that's what it takes. You know, I have, I was, I've been thinking about it. I was going to bring it up on one of my 
episodes and I keep forgetting. But just uh, I kind of I've been talking about a hall in Kentucky. I have this place in Kentucky that borders a farm. It's about a twelve hundred acres. Now this guy on this twelve hundred acres, he will shoot you if you go on that land, or he would back when he was alive. <laughs> I mean, he, he, there's no bones about it. He's old school. He don't want you on his property. You know, he had, yeah. he had it posted, and everyone knew you don't go over there. That crazy. He wasn't crazy. He just didn't want nobody on his property. But of course, everybody says he's crazy because he would shoot you or he'd shoot at you. I guarantee it. Yeah. So no, so no one went over there. No one even dared going over there. Well, on that little piece of property I had that bordered up against it, I seen the biggest bucks. I mean, monster bucks. Of course, I was young and I really didn't know what I was doing, you know, to capitalize on all those bucks. But right across the river on the other farm I have, in prime time, big buck country in Ohio, you know, it's surrounded by Amish and they'll shoot anything. So there was no QDMA really going on on that old man's property in Kentucky, but there's monster bucks just because they was getting older. But then right, right across the river, there's monster bucks on that place and everything that moved was getting shot over there. It's just, I mean, it's, you know what I mean? The, the, both those farms was just completely different. One was not getting no hunting pressure. The one was, the other one was getting wiped out, but yet for different reasons, they both held monster bucks, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just funny how it works. You it know? was, my guess is, I mean, of course you'll never know, but my guess is it was just perfect timing for the deer to to get that big. I mean, well, on that one farm, I still hunt that one farm in Ohio, and uh, it's just genetics. I mean, yeah. some of the biggest bucks in the country come from that area in Ohio, and it's just genetics, and it gets hunted. I mean, and, you know, the Amish, they could care less what it is. If, it, if it's a 300-inch or a spike, it's dead. If they yeah. have a tag, they're going to kill it. So there's no QDMA going on there at all, right. really, you know. So, and then, of course, the other farm. It wasn't like no one was on there thinning out the does, killing the bad bucks, but they were still yet because they was getting old. They was monster bucks. So I think people just talk about that stuff way too much in a way. But age is always going to, you know, be the way to go if you own a farm and you can do that. Yeah. I always I always reference it a lot. I, I did a podcast with Bronson Strickland. He's a, he's a deer biologist at Mississippi he State does. University. Yeah. And uh, that's what that's what he says. He said, "For if you want a big deer, you got to have this." Call, he called it. He called it the three-legged stool. You got to have age, nutrition, and genetics. There you go, right there. Yep. And uh, you know, I could go to a farm right here in Kentucky. That farm that I was just talking to you about, and still yet, there's foster bucks, genetics, and uh, I can go two miles down the road to a big farm that looks as beautiful and looks like big buck country and i've never seen a big buck air not even on my camera it's just uh -huh. yeah raggedy looking but i've seen old bucks there mature bucks but nothing that i want to put on my wall yeah so it's just you know yeah um one one more thing i want to talk about i mean i know we kind of we kind of bounced around a little bit there and oh well of no fault of either one of us. It just kind of, that's just kind of where the conversation went. But 
Um, talking about getting ready this early and preparing. You know, you said you like you said you're gonna get your hit list up. You want to figure out what bucks you want to shoot. Mm-hmm. All right, let's say you've got you go. You say okay, I got buck A, B, and C, and these are the bucks I'm gonna go after. What? Um, just say you pick one of those bucks, and so what would be your tactic of going in there and hunting him? Like, how would you go about just hunting that one particular buck? Because well, of, well, like for for y'all, y'all can't you can't have minerals out. Is that right? Y'all can't hunt over bait, can you? Yeah, you can here in Kentucky, early season. That's and right. I'll, yeah, I'll just be straight up. Everybody does early season. <laughs> once oh, yeah. they once they make start falling. For the most part, you can forget that game. Yeah. But uh, a lot of times, you know, from my experiences, they kind of leave those minerals uh, late in August and early September, which, you know, a lot, you know, we can hunt the first weekend of September, first Saturday of September for the most part. But, uh, you know, by that time when season comes in, I've located Buck A, as you say, the, the one I want to go after. Now, once I locate him, you know, I'll just, uh, I'll know is uh, the first thing I have to figure out is where's this guy bedding at for the most part, because when they're in their summer patterns, they're going to kind of stick to that one area. And, uh, so, you know, you have to kind of locate his bedding. And then from there, you know, you just got to, uh, set up for the wind and, and then your entrance and exit. I mean, that's most important. I mean, you don't want to be bumping him and walking through his bedding area, but you have to get close to that bedding area that early in the season when it's hot. So, man, there's a fine line right there. So once you got to win in your favor, your entrance and your exit, then I do not hunt mornings at all, early season like that. I'll only hunt evenings. Uh, I'm not going to take a chance. for You know, most of the time they're close to a – their food source, you know, they're bedding close to their food source and you should have figured that out by, by that time. So evenings only hoping to get him back in his food source in the evening. And that's just kind of way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, like that, that what you just explained was like, that's the game that I was talking about that makes me want to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, <clears throat> and I'll say this, like, I never was that hardcore. I mean, I always loved deer hunting, but I was never really that hardcore about trying to find a certain buck and figuring him out and then hone in on him and then try to hunt him. I would, I never really did that until I found those sheds on that big deer. And then, because, I mean, I can't tell you how many times, down here in Georgia especially, it's it's pretty tough to say you go out and you find a shed. Oh man, I want to hunt that deer, and then you right. go you go the very next season, and you're like, all right, let's see if we get him on camera. Nine times out of ten, you don't get him on camera down mm-hmm. here, and it just I don't know when I found that shed off of that buck, and then I don't know when it was. I think it was like the first or second week of July. Might have been yeah, it was about right about the middle of July as I got the first picture of him. And I instantly I knew it was that deer that dropped that shed. 
Right. And as soon as I seen that picture, like it just something just clicked, and it Game was like on. it was like man, like I want to do this like every year. I want to try to see if I can find a certain buck. Like, I mean, I, I and we were talking about you know, it doesn't matter what you shoot. You ain't got to shoot a big deer, but <clears throat> if you are one of those people that has never done that or has never really desired to try to find a deer like that. I encourage you to try because it's just it's it messes with your mind. It yeah, <laughs> it does. It's funny, man. Like it's uh it's awesome to be able to go out there and try to figure that deer out because you're trying to figure him out and he already knows. Yeah. Like because he he lives there. Oh yeah. And um, I tell you what, I mean, I was kind of when that deer got. I mean, I stressed over that deer, man, because I mean sure. he was a giant. But yeah. I stressed over him night and day, and I thought about him all the time. And when he got shot, I was relieved a little bit. And I was like, well, okay, that's over with. It's unfortunate I didn't kill him, but I'm kind of glad it's over. But now, like, I'm – like, I want that again. I want that, that chase again. Yeah. And um, so if you've never done that – if anybody out there has never done that, I encourage you to try to – Try to do that. See if you can really figure out a buck like that. Because it is, there's no other experience like it. I agree. It's, you know, you're putting yourself to the test, you know, and that's your trophy right there. And there's no one, there's no excuses. <laughs> you know, yeah. you either get him or you don't. Yeah. And, and that's the way it is. And if you're ready to take that step, you know, it, it takes a lot of work. It's, you know, there's, there's going to be some people who go out there and just, their first time hunting and bust a big one, but to consistently kill mature bucks or big bucks, uh, it takes work and it takes a lot of discipline. You know, I was thinking today of if I had to put a team together of five big buck hunters, who would, who would be, you know, and, uh, and I'm not talking about the big name guys that have all the great property, which they deserve. They've worked for that. But, uh, they all had one thing in common. These five guys that I chose for my little team there, I was thinking about. And, and one thing is they will pass big bucks to get the buck that they have targeted. You know what I'm saying? And they're all, all those guys are willing to eat a tag. They're not going to just shoot a buck just to say I shot a buck. You know, when they set their sights on a certain buck, that's they're either killing that buck or they're, or they're going to kill one that might walk through there. It's bigger in that buck, but that's it, you know, and that's why they kill big bucks. They don't tag out every year, but uh, yep. when they kill one, it's a stud. So that's what it takes. You know, if you want to get to that level, you know, you're going to have to pass some bucks that, uh, that you might normally want to shoot. Yep. I've got a, I'm actually kind of excited. I, um, I've got one deer I'm hoping is going to be there again this year. Um, I passed him, like you were saying. You know, I I let him go last year, and, I mean, I could have killed him, man, at least four or five times. Um, I mean, he was probably pushing 110. He might have been in between 110 and 120. Yeah. Um, I mean, but he was like a seven-pointer, but – I mean, he was basically your average looking seven or eight pointer, you know, 15 inches wide or whatever. But, um, right. 
but for me, he would have been a great bow buck. And, uh, oh, yeah. And I really, really considered shooting him. And there was a couple of times where I picked my bow up on him. And and I was telling, you know, I was telling my buddies, like, if I see that deer this evening, I'm probably going to shoot him. And there was a couple of times where I picked my bow up. And, I mean, I, I could have, I mean, I had him. And I was like, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. I'll wait. Because he was coming yeah. in. And I, my thought was, I mean, he was coming in there every day. I'm like, he ain't going to go nowhere. But he kind of, once it kind of hit November, he kind of disappeared and I didn't see him anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know if he came back late, late season and I just never saw him, but I mean, I saw him all early season, you know, all of September and kind of some in October, but basically right at the end of October, he was, he just disappeared and mm-hmm. I never saw him again, but I'm hoping that he'll be back again this year. And, uh, if he is, I think he'll be a pretty good buck. He'll be, He'll be a really solid buck, and, and he may even he may even have a, a big drop time. Oh, son! Yeah, because last year last year he had a he had a, he was a seven pointer, and his eighth point was kind of a drop time, but it was almost it was just a little bitty nub. Yeah. So I'm I'm just anxious, more anxious really, just to see what he's turned into, than I am yeah. of killing him at this point. So. It's exciting, man. Yeah. It's fun. Like I said, everybody gets to enjoy some sort of success when it comes to deer hunting one way or another. Yeah. So it makes it fun for everybody. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to try to walk right here. Hopefully, I don't mess the phone up. And I was mowing the grass. Let me look. There's been a big old buck hanging out in my daggone backyard, which, you know, I'm not much into hunting deer in my backyard but i don't see him. but man he's a, he is a stud how much how much um how much growth do they have already up there well this one i seen him like i said mowing my grass yesterday and uh of course he's he's just a city buck so he's just used to that yeah and uh he's just sit there and watch me but uh he, he was out past his ears you know he's going straight out still yet yeah so but man, he had a big old swag back, and uh, that brisket looked good. I was like, "Hey, oh, yeah, what's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, we'll see what he turns out. One of these yeah. guys will shoot him around here, I'm sure. But my yeah. uh, my neighbor, she's a she <laughs> she's a big time man eye hunter, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love getting I like get, watching them, man. I like getting pictures of them early and and watching them grow. Oh yeah. To me, it's it's just it's really really cool to see a deer go from two inch nubs to 130 inches in a, a matter of month, uh, basically weeks. Yeah. Well, they grow fast, man. It don't take them long, does it? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Usually, usually, I mean, I guess it's about the same everywhere, but usually down here, I would say mid August is mm-hmm. probably when you're really gonna they're pretty much done i would say mm-hmm. i don't know maybe early august but and i'm pretty sure it's about the same everywhere across the country well we still uh you know I, i'll get pictures you know the first week or so well i mean i killed a velvet buck in 2017 let's see i think it was on the third or something 
And then I had pictures of a, another buck that I ended up killing, but he had come out of velvet like on the 10th. I think I killed him on the 11th or the 12th. Maybe he came out of velvet on the 11th. I killed him on the 12th. So, yeah, that first week of September, they're pretty much for sure done up in yeah. this area anyways. Yeah. I mean, now I have had – I've seen some deer, which I think is kind of an anomaly, and it just – something was just wrong with the deer. But I think I, it was actually – I can't remember if it was last year or if it was two years ago. I had a buck that was still in velvet in like October. And that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. He, um, which he was, you could tell he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't that old of a deer. He might've been a three or four year old deer, but you could just tell he wasn't real mature. Yeah. Like he didn't have a lot of mass in his rack. I think he was like a seven pointer. He was right. probably 15, 16 inches wide, but, you know, had a little pencil rack. And, but he, yeah, I, and I actually saw him, and it was like, I don't know, I think first week of October or something like mid-October, and he still had velvet. Yeah. How many tags you all get down there? I don't mean to ask you questions. On, this is your show, but I was just curious. Oh, no, man, it's good. We get, we get um, 10 doe tags and two buck tags. Oh, so you only get two buck tags? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we was kind of, I know, like I said, we've been back and forth, but we talked about the QDMA. I know uh, some guys, you know, that hunt in Virginia and places like that and some places where they get three buck tags. And, you know, on one hand, of course, they want to congratulate everyone for what they shoot and just promote hunting. But on the other hand, they get frustrated because they feel like when they get three buck tags, a lot of these guys are like, well, I'll kill whatever with the first two buck tags and I'll wait for a big one with my third. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that going on. I don't know. I don't live there. So I'm not in that circle, but that's the feedback I get from those guys when it comes to that situation there. And I, I could see where that would get aggravated. Yeah. Now, so y'all have actual tags though, right? Like you have to put tags on the deer. Is that if, right? When I kill, a when I kill a buck, I have, I have a tag and I have to fill that tag out and date it. Right. And then I have, after that, I mean, before I even move that deer, I have to fill that tag out, date it, and all that before I even move that deer. Now, then I can move the deer, and then I have to call it in. I have so much time to call it in, and they'll give me a confirmation number. So, a lot of people don't like that. We used to have check-in stations. Yeah. You'd have to take the deer, put a tag on the deer, and take it directly to the check-in stations. Everybody always like that because of camaraderie and stuff like that going but yeah that's the way I, we do it here yeah i know a lot of places have actual paper tags and you're supposed to actually like put the tag on the deer or turkey or whatever it may be and uh it's not like that here it's it's still i mean technically it's it's still really you pretty much got to be a good dude <laughs> to i mean you you, you got to be an honest man pretty much because there's well, really no, there's really no, there's no check-in thing or nothing like that. It's all online. Like you do all of it online. You once you kill your deer, you've got like seventy-two hours to put it into the system that you shot it. And um, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it. And I and I'll tell you what, and 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 this is what I believe. It's my opinion. I think right there's the biggest problem when it comes to having bigger bucks i know we all preach the qdma a lot a lot you know so many people pe- 
the priest of QDMA, you know, shoot a older buck, wait for mature buck, whatever. But I think if people would just fill their tags, that's the bigger issue. Yeah. It's the people that if you have two buck tags, there are some people out there shooting eight, nine, ten bucks. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no doubt. I mean, you do. And that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. That's the real problem. Yeah, you, know, you that, uh, game wardens only do so much. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all know it. Game wardens know it. We know it. We know there's people out there that either shoot more than they're supposed to, or they may only shoot one or two, or how many tags they got. They may use all their, you know, they only may shoot two, and be legal as far as the number goes, but they still won't, you know, send in their their kill so to speak so yeah i think i think it's a big problem too i think it should i don't know i mean there's a lot you you can only add you can only ask the game wardens to do so much like you said i mean they can't there's no way that they'll be they can be everywhere and you pretty much just got it that's like a like down here like i said i mean you got to be you got to be an honest hunter because it really wouldn't be that hard to get away with not tagging your deer. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, it wouldn't be here, you know. Uh, it just it just wouldn't be that hard because all you have to do is call it in. And I feel like if people feel like they can get that thing in the back of their truck, I don't think it's as bad now. But when I was young, I'm talking about in my teens, it was bad. But yeah. you know what? We didn't have the caliber of bucks we have now. And if I could say anything good about the big time hunting shows on the outdoor channels and, and all that. I think that's one thing they did you know, back when I was young. I think they did bring an awareness to man, you know, this is what it takes to have big bucks. And I think people did try to, you know, hunt a little bit more ethical than what they was at that time. I'm talking about in my teens. And right. That, that did change a lot of things. Now it's just kind of a big circus, but it is what it is. But, uh, that's that's the bigger issue than the QDMA itself is just, you know, fill your tags, <laughs> whatever it might be, but just leave it there. Right. Of course, those people they're not going to be listening to the podcast. I'm pretty much doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know why anybody down here wouldn't want to fill a tag. I mean, because I mean, you already get, we already get, we can already kill twelve deer legally, and that's a lot of deer. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah, mean, I mean and, how many do you need? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, now the bucks, I could see you only get two bucks, but I, I, I don't, I, I ain't never been able to hunt and have an opportunity to shoot more than two bucks yeah. that were worth shooting, and uh, I think it's crazy that we've got ten doe tags, and but because I've never seen anybody shoot ten does. In one season. Uh, I mean, who's he? I mean, you know, I know up here you can take them and donate them, but I mean, I know my household when both the boys was growing, when we had a house full of five, we would eat, we would eat four deer. And, you know, up here, they're pretty big sized deer, you know what I mean? So, uh, right. but now with just me, I mean, you know, <laughs> if I kill three bucks this year, that that's it, you know. I'll be lucky to eat all those. Just me and yeah. my wife, and whoever comes out for a cookout, you know, cook yeah. over cookout or whatever. Well, I I killed, I killed three. Yeah, 
I killed three deer last year. And I mean, I'm, which I mean, that's about all my freezer will hold. I don't have a real big freezer. I got one of them smaller freezers, but three deer for me, and it's just me and my wife. And but we do, we we eat deer meat a lot. Like we use, oh, yeah. we get ground. So we don't even buy like ground beef at the grocery store. We don't never buy ground beef, and uh, no. everything that we would make with ground beef, we use deer meat instead. So, but well, once you go with that deer burger. <clears throat> You can't go back to buying that stuff at the grocery store. It looks disgusting, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I'm like, no, I'm not eating that. There's no way. So, but I, I tell you, I like the roast. I'll usually get one deer made out of roast. Oh, yeah. Put that yeah. joker in a crock pot or something. Oh, my gosh. You mm. kidding me? You then just... I'll make jerky out of one, you know? So Yeah. And then, Thank like you say, the burger. We use the burger for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Take you. Man, get you a, get you like half a neck roast or something. Put that joker in a crock pot. Put you some. Oh gosh. Put you some cream of mushroom soup over it. Man, it's over. Make I'm you want to lay one out right now. Make you want to. That'll make you want to slap somebody right there. Uh, I guarantee it. That's good stuff, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. well, what's your What's your favorite deer recipe? Uh, I have to know since we're on it. All right, I'll tell you what to do. Which you've probably done this. I'm. I don't know. I don't know many people that have done this. We do what what I like to do, which a lot of people might say, you know, you don't you don't do that to a backstrap because mm-hmm. backstrap is like other than the tenderloin, the backstrap is like it. It's like the fillet. Well, I would say tenderloin is like the fillet mignon, and then the backstrap is like kind of like the ribeye. Yeah. <laughs> um, People would say you don't ever cut it up, but what I like to do, I take a back strap, cut it up into like diamonds or, you know, dice it up in chunks, small chunks, and uh, take those chunks, marinate them in some zesty Italian dressing. Oh, yeah. Put them on some shish kebabs and put you some bell peppers, onions, tomatoes on there with it and grill them. See, now we're talking deer hunting. That's right. <laughs> now we're talking deer hunting. That's, that's what i get into yeah i love uh, I, I think that's my favorite aside from aside from cube steak deer cube steak yeah i think that's my favorite way to eat deer meat uh you can't go wrong there man that's good stuff right there yeah deer meat's good for you too man everybody's on a health kick you gotta have deer meat oh yeah no fat yeah, ain't got no fat way. in it oh no it's the best i mean yeah so Shoot, yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite deer recipe? Well, I don't know. I just, I know it's simple, but I just like that old roast. Yeah, I like the roast. You know, just sometimes I'll, I'll put one in the roast and just uh, or in the crock pot, and then I'll shred it up and make barbecue out of it. Yeah, just stuff like that. You know, I tell you, so many things you can do with it. Yeah, I tell you another thing too. What I explained that that recipe I was talking about take it over to, to put it over the top take your take your diamond chunks that you cut and wrap them mm-hmm. in bacon oh yeah wrap you them wrap in, bacon in bacon and put them put them on the shish kebab and put them jokers yeah. on the grill but you don't want to cook them too long and so i think right. i think a lot of people like it's kind of a little bit of a misconception i think with deer meat like you don't really have to cook deer meat until it's completely done like you can you can kind of cook it like you do steak. Yeah, that's what it needs and, to be. Uh, 
you, you, if you got it, you, you put them jokers on that grill and you get them to where they're just a little bit pink in the middle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Man. Oh yeah. There's, there's a steakhouse here. It's pretty famous around here anyways. And if you go in there and ask for a steak well done, that guy will just about slap you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be like, no, you're not getting one well done. You can leave. Yeah. <laughs> that's the truth that's right there ain't no need in eating a piece of meat well done no. what's wrong with people to do that I mean are you kidding me yeah good grief might as well go out there and eat some bark off of a tree yeah I'm telling you <laughs> well you know I, I started duck hunting I think I told you that but them duck hunters say you know if you cook it wrong you'll hate it you know you have to leave it a little bit rare I guess so, yeah, it's pretty good if it's cooked right. Yeah, but it's the same deal, you know. It's about all wild meat, just cooking it right, anything. But yeah, so well, Rob, I think we can uh, go ahead and wrap it up. We, uh, I'm actually glad the way we finished that. I like talking about that, that cooking that meat, talking about eating. I know, man. Yeah, I was, appreciate that, was that nice. because it seems like it's always, you know, I know it's about to rack a lot, the size of the buck. And, you know, it's this and that, strategies, the products, and a lot of times, you know, I think everyone's so excited about deer season, we just talk a bunch of bull crap, but it's good, oh, to, talk yeah. about, it's good to talk about those recipes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, whether you like shooting spikes or whether you like shooting 180-inch deer, everybody out there likes eating them, so. Everybody loves that tenderloin. That's right. That's, that's for daggone right. Of course, that's, I like eating my tenderloin. Look at them racks too, so that's good. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you're right. That's the main prize, the old tenderloin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, thanks for having me on, Ron. Oh man, I'm I'm glad you got on. Uh, before before we get off here, um, let everybody know about what you got going on, hunting out loud, and let them know where they can find you. Well, you know, we just uh, I have podcasts, hunting out loud, and you can find me pretty much on the same podcast platforms that you can find ryan here on strut south tv and uh i have a facebook page and you know i'm just uh everyday average hunter you know just like most of you all is probably listening and i really don't hold back it is what it is and uh i don't have much of a filter but that's just the way it's the way i roll so check us out if you want to and uh, we'll be on some big bucks i'm sure so that's about awesome. it really Awesome. Um, I saw. I think I saw something where y'all going. I think I saw on your Facebook you were trying to work on like a, a trailer or something like that. Y'all going to try to start filming some hunts or something? Oh, I just, I've just been putting. I have all this old footage I filmed just for fun, and I've just kind of put some of that together just for the heck of it. But I have a little cheap editing software. I don't even know what it's called, but uh, I just throw some of that together just for fun just to break up the boredom and be all this with you so oh but it, it seems to be going good i i looked the other day and i appreciate everyone that's been following the page so well, heck yeah you know, i'm just in it like you you know it's just a hobby pretty much and you're uh that video you done during turkey season that's sweet <laughs> did you put that together which which one i don't well you was in the tur- you had the turkey hunting blues there or something Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Where I was talking about my season was rough did you, or whatever. Did you edit that? Yeah, yeah, 
man, you need to put some more stuff out. You need. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. That that, that was the one. Uh, that was you talk about the one where I was talking about everybody else killing turkeys. Oh and yeah, I ain't, yeah, 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 yeah. You, Ryan, you got to start putting some more stuff out. I'm telling you, that was good. That's good stuff. And uh, hey, I appreciate that. I want to give one more person a shout out up here that, that I follow. That they're called Amazon Rain Chicken. Check them out, and Travis Kleiber, and you might want to interview them sometime. They're they're just like us, just like you, you know, just a YouTube show, and, and he puts stuff together kind of like what you did right there, and does a good job. I just kind of want to give him a shout out there. Cool. But it, Sounds awesome. Yeah, check them out, Ryan. You might want to talk to him or something. Good bunch of guys. Good deal. Yeah, I'll have to check them out. Well, Rob, I guess we'll go ahead and send it on out. And, All right, uh, buddy. I look forward to doing it again, man. Yeah, anytime. Take care, man. All right, man. All right, later.